2: On tonight's episode of Knicks Fan TV, we're going back to the draft draft talk. We're going to take a deep dive on Devin Vassell with special guest Corey Taliber from the Hardwood Herald. We're also going to talk a little bit about Zach Levine, the pros and cons of a potential Zach Levine trade to the Knicks. We're going to talk to Corey about that, a little Tom Thibodeau, and of course, taking your phone calls Phone lines are up, 657-383-1509, so let's get right into it. Salute to Knicks Nation, how's everybody feeling out there? Monday night, Knicks, CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. Special guest tonight, he goes by the name of the Hardwood Herald, Corey Taliba. Corey, how you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. How are we doing? Doing all right, you know, a little ra- rainy night over here in in New York, yeah. but um, you know, it could could be better, could be worse, man. But well, let's let's get into it because you've been doing these uh, NBA draft breakdowns for past couple months lately, and um, I, I was definitely feeling a lot of them. That's why I want to invite you onto the show. And your recent uh, edit was on one Devin Vassell. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's a guy with you know the acquisition of Tom Thibodeau. He's a guy that. Has uh, you know fallen on Knicks fans' radars as of late? Um, tell me what what do you like about Devin? Man, this kid is probably my favorite
3: defensive player I've ever scouted. He, you know, six seven, long, rangy, can can guard from one to five, and he, you know he did because Florida State switched everything. His team defense—I've never scouted somebody who is more intelligent as a team defender as this kid he reads the game so well and he, because of his his measurements and his high IQ he could just do so many different things on the court so just watching his tape I would have to you know rewind some of these these clips cause I'd be like damn like s he saw that from a mile away like mm. before the point guard even knew he was going to pass it like Vassell was there waiting for the pass like he's just so intelligent on the defensive end and then on the offensive end He's a kid who's knocking down 40% of his shots both years in college, gets out in transition, finishes well at the rim. I mean, he is like the ultimate 3 and D wing for, you know, this era of NBA basketball.
2: As as you said, man, 41.9% from three this year, 6'10 wingspan, uh, high IQ. You know, Florida State's defense is, is always highly touted. Leonard Hamilton always has his guys getting after it. Uh, I like this kid's skill sets, man. I I like this kid's skill sets as a rangy, you know, guy that can get out there, block shots, rebound, get out there on the break. And then, you know, the three point percentages, uh, that's a nice look for a three and D player in in a Tom Thibodeau style uh, type of system. And look, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned Tom Thibodeau.
3: This kid, to me, like when I watch him, I see a modern version of Luel Dang. You know, somebody who could, instead of shooting the mid-range like Luol did, he's a guy that steps out, just extends his range a little bit, but he plays within himself. He doesn't force shots. He doesn't turn the ball over, average less than a, one turnover a game. He he waits for the game to come to him on the offensive end. Um, and then on the defensive end, you know, he's going to be a guy who, you want him to go check the Paul Georges of the league. He can go check, you know, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. He can, He can check... You know some power forwards uh, in the NBA, and then in spurts, you know he'll switch out. He'll switch on centers. So, he's a guy that is if you know he went to the Knicks and Thibodeau was his his coach. Thibodeau's going to love this kid. And, uh, you know, I, I could see him putting putting him in that Lual Dang role and just, you know, patiently waiting for his offense to grow. But from the from the jump, he's going to be one of the smartest defenders on whatever team he goes
2: yeah. to. And, and I, I think that's key. If Tibbs is going to come in here and implement, you know, that strong side defense, you're going to need a guy that's going to be able to rotate to that weak side fast and have that length, you know, to get yeah. out there and, and get into the passing lanes. And I could see, you know, you put him in a lineup with a Mitchell Robinson with a Frank to close. I don't think mm-hmm. Frank is going to start next year, but a closing lineup, a defensive lineup of a Mitch, a Vassell, a Frank, a RJ out there, I like that. That's a nice nice athletic lineup out there that can really get after it on a defensive end.
3: Yeah, and, and you know what? Like putting, putting him next to RJ, RJ's a guy who I want to see the ball in his hands more. I want to see him create more. And Vassell's a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands all that much. So you put him next to RJ, he's going to sit in, Uh, fit in seamlessly there. And like you said, you put in with Frank and Mitchell Robinson, you got potential to really just have clamps, you know, lockdown defense. And what I love about Vassell, you know, is that not only is he such a smart team defender, like you said, he gets in the passing lanes. He gets his hands on, he he serves as a rim protector. He averaged one block a game. Mm -hmm. You know, so many times, he's just waiting at the rim, perfectly timing. He's chased down blocks in transition. He's a kid that, you know, you put him with those guys at the end and you don't have to worry about him. You know, he's going
2: to do his job. What do you think he needs to work on at the next level? Uh,
3: I think that it's going to take a year for, you know, regard he, he shot 40% from three, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't on like crazy volume. If you look at where his release point is, when he shoots the ball, he kind of like puts it way over his head and, it's almost like he chucks it. Now it goes in, mm. but I think that when he has to stretch that out a little bit, you know, a couple of feet to that NBA line, I think there's going to be an adjustment period. Mm. So, so that's the first thing I think, you know, just kind of taking that ball, not putting it so far behind his head, kind of putting it a little bit more in front of him, kind of like uh, a clay Thompson, um, instead of that catapult esque shot, it'll speed his release up. I think it'll help with the distance of the line. Um, but besides that, you know, he's gonna he's got to work on his handle he's not a very confident guy when he's trying to break somebody down off the dribble so he's really a guy that's going to attack closeouts you know pump fake one two dribbles jump shot Mm -hmm. now that's a thing though that you he doesn't need to do in one year you know by the time you know he gets to the end of his rookie deal you hope that he can do it a little bit more but even if he doesn't he's still going to be such an effective guy playing off of other people
2: what, what do you think about the, the free throw um, attempts? I'm looking at the free throw attempts. Yeah. I see like three a game. I compare him. I'm, I'm looking at him in a kind of like neck and neck uh, as those, yeah. you know, a not necessarily a three, but definitely a defensive guy, definitely but a, such a slasher, right? A leaning more towards about five free throw attempts a game. Well, what do you think about, you know, um Vassell there L- a little bit light? Or do you think that's just how Florida State was using him? Well, like, I, I go back to his ball handling. I think it's hard for him to create
3: and get to the rim. You know, he, he is also a little bit averse to contact. He shies away from it instead of going into it. Um, you know, if, when you go through my breakdown, I show a couple of examples where he's trying to go up and under instead of, you know, through his man. And if he did that a few more times a game, you know, he would get, you know, that efficiency would be even higher. I have him ahead of uh, Akoro. I love Akoro. I think if you combine them into one guy, it would be the, the ultimate player because mm-hmm. Akoro does have that ball handling. He does have the ability to playmake, put him in the pick and roll. But, you know, I just – his jump shot's rough. His jump shot's really rough. And, and to me, it's going to take a lot of work for him to, you know, have teams guard him out there. And if they're not worried about him as a shooter, I think it's going to, you know, Hurt him when he does have the ball in his hands because people are going to know how to uh, cover him. They're they're going to go under every screen. Yeah, and uh, so that you know that's why I like Vassell more because he's just going to fit anywhere seamlessly. Akoro is going to be a guy that you know, depending on where he goes, it's going to I think. Uh, that's how it's going to impact his effectiveness. I almost look at him as kind of like an OG Ananubi from, from Toronto mm-hmm. where, you know, he went to like a veteran team that he can kind of play behind guys. His expectations weren't nearly as high. Um, and he kind of grew into his role, worked on that shot slowly. You know, I'm worried that if Okoro goes too high to a, a rebuilding team that they're going to look at him as a guy that kind of needs to produce more than I think he's going to be capable of on the yeah. offensive end to get going. I think I think that's, you know... A dangerous thing when you're drafting potentially in the top three you know and then if there's some bad luck you know towards the back of the uh the top 10 but Vassell's a guy that's gonna fit in anywhere man yeah. and, and and that's what I love about him
2: yeah Okoro with the shooting scares me especially when you're gonna pair him with RJ on um, the free throw yeah. shooting even more abysmal you can't have the two guys uh shooting in the 60s I mean even Vassell Vassell's only about 74 percent yeah, um, has improved from his freshman year to his sophomore year, but the free throw shooting definitely needs to improve as well, in my opinion.
3: Hundred percent, and and like you said though, you know the the seventy percent or seventy four percent, whatever it, you know it, it is, he's only getting there a couple of times a game, so part of that. Uh, sample size is low. Maybe if he got there a couple more times, that'd be a little bit more comfortable, get it up to high seventies, maybe low eighties. Whereas a definitely has a little bit more of an uphill climb to kind of fix that jumper where Vassell, you know, he, he's proven it pretty much everywhere besides the, uh, the free throw line that he, he's an above average shooter in, in every area of the court.
2: It's um yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. Where, where would you slot him in in terms of the draft? I mean, right now the Knicks have a fifty percent chance of picking between seventh and eighth. I yeah. look at him as more of a you know seven eight type of guy. Some of the drafts I mock drafts I've seen have him like later on in the teens. But I feel like mm-hmm. you know with Walt pairing with Tibbs on the staff, if they want this kid, I, they they may jump up and get him.
3: Yeah, I I think he's definitely more in that seven, eight range. Uh, you know, if if he lasts to like 10, 11, 12, that's like a no brainer steal to me. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he hopped into like the top five. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a guy who gets in the top three, but if he went four or five, kind of like Deandre Hunter did last year, um, I could see that as a plausible thing because his archetype, you know, is so in vogue in that, you know, in the NBA right now. It might be a little bit of a reach up top just because the other guys have, I think, a little bit more potential. You know, I've seen some people say maybe Vassell has a little bit of, like, Paul George potential, but I think that handle is so underdeveloped at this point that Mm -hmm. that's really a stretch. So I I think that six, seven, eight range really is, like, that's his sweet spot.
2: That'll be interesting, man. You know, the Knicks fan, obviously we're, we're looking for that star power you know we're, we're looking yeah. for that guy that that could be a star on this team man but a uh, Vassel he he fit, he fills a need right he he gives you that three point shooting gives you much needed perimeter defense which the Knicks have always been lacking on um you know again at, at an 8 I would I would take him yeah. I, I at an 8 I would I would definitely go for it I think anything 6 and up we're, we're looking for a guy that could be an immediate starter or, or a long-term starter, you, you know. Yeah, what yeah. I, I'm not sure with Vassal. Is he just a rotation player, or you see him as a long-term starter? Uh, I see him as I see him as a
3: long-term starter. Like I said, you know, my main comparison to him is Luol Deng, and uh, you know, Luol Deng right from the jump on the Bulls. You know, he came in as a rookie. He was a part of a team that won, I believe, 48 games, uh, and took the Bulls to the playoffs uh, his first year um you know he came in with a lot of a couple of other guys ben gordon chris duhan kind of guys who knew how to play had some pedigree so it's not like he did it by himself but Mm -hmm. you know he went on he was a couple of time all-star and uh i could see that as as ceiling where you know he he couldn't make an all-star game or two at some point in his career it might not happen until year six seven eight um you know where he just so happens to make it in a down year maybe he's at like 18 19 points a game you know and, and has First team all defense um, kind of year. That's where I think you can kind of get to his potential at at his peak. Um, but he's definitely definitely going to be a long term uh, long term starter in this league. You know, I look at a guy like Jarrett Culver from Minnesota who went so high because of all this potential, and then you look at it, he can't shoot the ball. Um, but he has he's he's a defender, but he can't shoot. Like Vassell's the the opposite of that. He's he could shoot and he could defend. So he's a guy that you put him on that Minnesota squad, he would have started and played major minutes from the jump and helped them. Um, I I don't see any scenario where he fails. I think along with like Anyeka Okungwu, he's probably one of the the two safest guys in the draft.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, his his coach, Leonard Hamilton, compared him to Clay. I mean, hey, if he he can reach that ceiling, sign me up. But, you know, you know, the coach is always going to, always going to hype his man up, but. Hey, yeah, that's, that's a lofty, a, a, uh, a, lofty comparison, man. That's a lofty comparison. He's he's
3: that's a little od, yeah. but you got to talk up your guys, right? That he's got to get those those next recruits in.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's go to the phones. JJ from Brooklyn in the building. JJ wants to talk for Cell. How you feeling, bro?
4: How you guys doing? How's everything?
2: Good, man. How you doing, bro?
4: Good, good. Oh uh, yeah. So, Cell, I remember you know I, was, I told you about him. You know, probably like a month ago, how much I liked him and. Like you said, I think it just depends how what's too early. I think top five is too early. I think that's a little bit of a reach, but before the to like seven, eight, nine, I have no problem taking him. He's the main reason, like you guys said, he's a perfect fit next to R J. He doesn't need the ball. He defends, he could shoot. So to me that's why it's a perfect fit here. You know, I think it's I think it's a great fit if he could snag the in the draft,
2: man. Yeah, I agree and appreciate the call, JJ. I mean, listen, obviously we, we we want that point guard. We have a lot of needs, right? We need that point guard for sure. Um, but again, a guy like this, we also got to be thinking defense with Tibbs here uh, because, you know, his defense is only going to be as good as the horses that you put out there. And like I said, a guy like this that has the length, the athleticism, um, the awareness, the IQ, man, we, we just don't have savvy players on both sides of the ball. Um, so I think this guy would fit right in if it's around that, you know, six to eight range for for the Knicks. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, from an outsider perspective who
3: lives and was raised, born in New York, but as a Bulls fan and, you know, I just want to see all my friends happy. Again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the Knicks, you know, the classic Knicks move is like, go for the home run guy, um, But depending where they draft, like, you don't always need a home run. There's other ways to get that, you know, to to get the RBI, to to get that base runner in. Sometimes – Base hit. You know, sometimes you got to get those guys who are just – they're going to get a double, a base hit. And if things go right, maybe they're a triple, you know. And Vassell's one of those guys who you know, like, there's no boom bust. He is going to hit. And you just wonder how hard he works to get to – His peak, but even if he doesn't reach his peak, he's still going to be a good player. So, you know, I I think that from an outsider perspective, uh, perspective, as long as the Knicks are in that six, seven, eight range,
2: um, you know, he's a guy that they have to consider. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP from the Expand TV checking in here. Special guest, Corey Tolliver from the Hardwood Herald. Salute to everybody in the chat. Phone lines are up, 657-383-1509. Definitely want to shout out uh, who's in here. Robert Parrots, what's going on? We got Chance the Admiral Simmons in here. Appreciate Chance. Ernesto DuVergé checking in from um, Miami. Shout out haymaker seven three seven. If you guys are new in the chat, leave a hashtag new, and we will um, shout you guys out. JJ Hands TV, salute to you. Welcome to the chat. We got my guy CP the artist in here as well. Make sure you guys uh, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Corey, man, Bulls fan from New York. I, you, you slipped that one in on us, man. <laughs> it, it, it's all good, man, because I appreciate your insights anyway. Um, from a Bulls fan perspective, you saw Tibbs in his heyday. Yep. What did you think about the move? I thought it was
3: the perfect move, man. I I, t- I completely understand people that wanted uh, Kenny Atkinson. You know that he would have been a great choice too. But but for me, you know, Tibbs is like the embodiment of like that New York gritty dude. He's married to the game. He doesn't. You know, he's literally not married to anybody else but basketball. And he lives, breathes it. No one's gonna work harder than him. And he was. He's gonna get every inch of potential out of the team. Now the Knicks just have to figure out their roster, because if the team's potential isn't that high, Tibbs could get everything out of it, but there's a ceiling, so they just got to work on figuring out the roster, and that's going to be, uh, you know, on Leon and uh, and West to to figure out, and hopefully, you know, like I said, I want to see my friends happy. Hopefully, they figure it out and uh, give Tibbs guys that you know are going to work for him, and he gets a lot of uh, slack for his experience in Minnesota, but. Let's be honest, the Timberwolves hadn't made the playoffs in what, like 13 years? <laughs> I'm saying year? you got to give credit for turning that around, man. It's Minnesota we're talking about Look, here, man. Just because it didn't end up in a championship and, and you know, things went south with Jimmy, like he still got them further than anybody had gotten them since Kevin Garnett. Wow, that's true. So to say that he failed in Minnesota, I don't necessarily think is, is fair. Could he have done some things different? Of course. And he's a guy that, like I said, he studies so much. I don't think he's going to have so much pride inside of him that he's not going to work on, you know, his That's weaknesses. So for me, I thought it was just an absolute home run. And I'm so happy for him that he made it to a place like this. And if he could turn this team around, even just get them going in the right direction. And it doesn't have to happen overnight. You know, it doesn't have to be next year. The Knicks are in the playoffs. I, any just
2: signs of improvement, I think are going to be, um, is is going to be great for the city. It's going to be a positive. And as you said, man, I, I can't see a guy like this not learning from his mistakes. He, he's he's one of the best coaching minds in the sport. Learned from the best. Came under the Van Gundy coaching tree. Uh, you know, Tibbs, Tibbs is going to be able to set the foundation. And I think that's what this team needs. We, we need stability. We need a foundation. We need discipline. We need uh, uh, an identity. We just haven't had it, man. Mm-hmm. We just have not had... Um, that identity that that New York basketball um, you know needs to have. So my thing is, like you said, the roster. Number one, um, who are they going to bring in here to 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 you know help improve this team? But also the type of veterans that they bring in here because is, is he going to be leaning more towards um, a veteran laden team and playing those vets? to kind of ease the groan pains a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it, it, it's tough, man. This is going to be a tough place. He know I know he knows how to handle it here. That, and that's another reason why I, I like the, the hire. But, you know, is he going to use the veterans as a crutch to kind of, you know, keep them in good graces if they win with that team?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, he does have a tendency to lean on um, vets. That's, that's no secret, right? But... To say that he doesn't develop guys is not fair at all because, you know, at least with the Bulls, you know, Luol Deng blew up under him. Joe Kim Noah blew up under him. Jimmy Butler blew up under him. Jimmy Butler is a guy who played two minutes his rookie year, and all of a sudden now he's, you know, an all-NBA guy. He develops guys. It might be not as ideal as, you know, the fan of whatever team he's coaching wants it to be, but he's going to develop guys. He's going to teach them how to play the right way. And, you know, you look at Cat and Wiggins and you say, like, you know, he didn't get the most out of them. But, you know, it's a two-way street. The, these guys got to want that grind as much yeah, as he does, it. you know. And, and, look, I don't know what's in Wiggins' heart. I don't know what's in Cat's heart. But I, I've i seen Joe Kim Noah grind on the defensive end. I know what it's like to see guys play hard every possession and just give their heart and soul. And I know that Noah's not the most popular guy in New York. Nah. but no but his Bulls tenure was 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 legit and yeah. uh you know those guys they they didn't give that heart that you know that whatever city you you're playing in deserves and and look cat is a phenomenal player one of the best offensive big men all, of all time right um but you know that success is a two-way street and when you got Jimmy Butler coming into practice and and saying you guys don't work hard enough. You don't want it like I do. And and he's a guy that, that knows what it takes. He's seen guys. He played with Derrick Rose when Derrick Rose was, you know, still Derrick Rose. He, he knows what that superstardom is and what it takes to get there. And he knows what cutting off his internet for a summer is and just grinding his ass off until you know he develops new skills and you know he saw that potential in those guys like i think tibbs did and they both wanted more and you know those guys got to give it and and they got to learn how to to get to that point that that tibbs wants them to get to but you know as long as new york brings in guys like that it's going to be a good situation and i think that
2: rj has that same mentality. I i think rj has that work ethic that grit I think him and Tibbs Mm -hmm. are going to be a great pairing. I think Tibbs is going to get the best out of him. Um, You know, on the Butler situation, listen, I think it was unfortunate. Tibbs, obviously, he probably regrets making that Levine trade, um, who repped him, even though he traded him. You know, so Zach Levine uh, uh, had a lot of respect for Tibbs. But I think that was the death knell for Tibbs, the whole Jimmy Butler outburst. And, you know, I thought Minnesota's ownership probably didn't like how he handled it as a president of basketball operations Probably wasn't feeling how he handled both roles and how he put that team together. So, yeah. I mean, I think you put him in a situation where he doesn't have to wear that hat. I think yeah. he will have a lot of say in it, as as Leon Rose is very inexperienced. I think Tibbs will still, you know, have his hand in, in the roster heavily. But I think not having that ego like a butler, even though they got along, not having that ego in, the, in a butler, and kind of being able to start from scratch, so to yeah. speak, with a bunch of young kids, and, and, you know, to be able to impart your your identity, I, I think we'll be alright with tips.
3: Yeah, 100%
2: agreed, man. I'm a big fan of the move. Uh, absolutely. Uh, let's go back to the phones. DJ Shuttle from New York City on the line. DJ Shuttle, what's going on, man?
5: Hey, what's up, guys? Um,
1: a lot of talk on Vassell tonight. Knox is obviously not dependable or reliable yet, so... I mean I think small forward should definitely be a position we're looking at. So we're talking about Vassell, but I'm also seeing Denny as the possible early pick who could fall to that six, seven, eight range. So my question guys, we're looking at Denny, we're looking at Vassell and our pick is up. Who we talk who we talking about?
2: Oof. Oof. <laughs> this this is a good question, man. I
3: I I I'm a Denny guy. Yeah. I'm a Denny guy. I'm a I'm a believer in him. Um so I would personally if that you know, even if the Knicks, you know, climbed up the draft board, Denny's a guy I consider um, you know, with with the pick if they move up in into the draft. Uh definitely Denny he's he's just got a little bit more of that playmaking. He you see how hard he worked. He's improved his shooting. When when you know the Israeli league came back, he came out guns blazing. He's he looked confident shooting it. Didn't hesitate. He, his body has clearly developed a little bit. And to me, the most underrated thing about him is is how smart he is um, defensively as well. You know, he's not a guy that is going to be able to go one on one like a Devin Vassell is. Just check a guy, be like, go get me a stop. Um, but he's going to compete. He 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 might get you a stop. And then as a team defender, though he's not going to let you down. He he talks everything through. Um he's in the right spots. So and, and that's really where value is in the NBA. Offense is so good in the NBA that it's hard to stop guys one on one. Right. But if you're a good team defender and you're not breaking that link in the chain, that's where the real value comes from. And and Denny does have that ability. Again, he's he's not the defender on as a team defender or as a one-on-one defender that Vassell is, but he's got a lot more creativity in his bag offensively. And if you put RJ and Denny on the floor together, both guys that can kind of handle the rock a little bit, run, pick, and roll, play off each other, get out in transition, push the pace. I I love that pairing.
2: I see. I I agree with you. I think playmaking-wise, Denny is definitely um, far and away a better playmaker than than Vassell at at this current moment. Um, a guy that could initiate the break off a rebound, push it. You know what I mean? Score. He's, yeah. He has that size. He can get in the basket, score. Uh, he's not afraid to bang. And like and as a playmaker, I like it. He's improving on his three-point shot. Um, I watched mm-hmm. a couple of games at Maccabi Tel Aviv. I just saw the championship game. Um, Didn't have a great game, but... No. um Vassell could be a safer pick, though. I, I think Danny could de- is, is definitely a, a riskier pick. I would probably still go Denny just because he can be a, a better facilitator um, and a more capable three-point shooter eventually. As you said, his defense can come along. His, his team defense can definitely get there. Uh, maybe not the best one-on-one defender as a cell, but I think overall game, I have to give the edge to Denny, though.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to see him get that left hand going because uh... – you know, he's a lot like Killian Hayes in this draft. Killian Hayes is a lefty. He doesn't use his right hand. Denny's a righty. He doesn't really use his left hand. So I do need to see him work on that a little bit more, but I have no doubt that he's a hard worker because, you know, it's noticeable that he worked on his shooting um, during the, the quarantine period. So he he's another guy that he's a winner. You know, he won at the U-20s. Uh, he won in the Israeli league. You know, he's a guy who played professionally in the Euroleague for a couple of years already. Um with him, my only concern, especially in a city like New York, is, like, I don't want people on talk radio to see, like, a European kid and think he's going to be the next Luka Doncic. Spotlight spotlight is going to be on. I, no.
2: I had a scout on um, earlier this year who didn't compare his game to Luka, but his overall awareness, you know, just mm-hmm. his, his feel for the game, he compared to a, a Luka Doncic.
3: Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. He he has an awareness and an understanding of the game um, that's definitely up there. I think Luke is another level, but Luka's just more skilled. Um, you know, he's a, a better shooter. He is a better ball handler, and because he's a better ball handler, he can make you know passes and reads that Denny can't necessarily always make because he's so right hand dominant. Yeah. Um, but but you do see that. That Luca come through sometimes, like when Denny's in transition, or mm-hmm. he does get to get to his right hand off a of pick and roll. He whips that ball to the weak side corner, um, and you know he so he makes advanced reads, and he does have that Luca to him, and that's why I'm concerned that people are going to compare him to Luca because Luca's a guy that in his second year at 21 years old just put up 30 10 and 10. Facts. You know, that's
2: he You can't compare anybody to him. He's a one of a kind player, man. He's yeah. definitely a one-of-a-kind player. So, to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs-up button for you boys. let will see what people in the chat think. Um, New Yorker says, I think Denny wins. He's taking Denny over Vassell. Uh, let's see who else. Pronov says, Denny has a high IQ, definitely. Let's see. <laughs> Raw Hebrew Remnant says, Denny would not even start on the Knicks. <laughs> I did, listen, I think he would. And and um the, the last caller... Mention Kevin Knox. You know, Kev is in an interesting role right now. He's in an interesting predicament because, depending on where the Knicks go in the draft, if they go with Denny, if they go with Sell or Coro, Sadiq Bey, depending on where they are, and with the bevy of cash that they have to spend in free agency, where well, we still need perimeter shooting, and you have guys on the on the on the market like a Bertans, like a a, a Gallo, who's you know maybe more of a four at this stage in the game. But Cavs' role, who who himself is not really set at the three of the four, Cavs' role could be impacted again by this offseason. So Kevin Knox really has to step his game up because, I, I don't know, Tom Thibodeau is going to wait around for him, man.
3: Yeah, for sure. I, I actually still believe in Knox a little bit. Um, you know, he he clearly has a skill set and a skeleton of a skill set that you you could see a good player in. Um, it's just going to come down to knocking down shots, and hopefully, this you know, with all those threes, man. Hopefully, with all this time off, you know, uh, that's an area of his game that he's just in the gym grinding away. Because it looks pretty, it looks good when it yeah, goes up. He's yeah, yeah, just got to yeah. go in, and then you know, he might play a little bit of four too, right? And uh, he's got to frame a body and the athleticism that he should be a good defender. So you know, maybe Thibodeau comes in and and gets the most out of him and and turns him into a guy that that can defend threes and fours get out in transition knock down open shots you know take away some of the the bad habits that he has clean him up and and turn him into a productive player that makes you think like
2: this is a guy that was the right pick where we took him i hope so man like like i said i I got hope for him too you know a lot of the uh the the michael porter jr viewers tonight might (laughs) might think differently after after his 30 plus point outing but you know, with Kev, like like you said, I, I think it's down to him hitting those three-point shots. And definitely, if he's going to stay on the court, he's got to defend well. And I think closer to the end of this season, I saw a better effort from him, um, better overall awareness. You know, Kev, a lot of times would get caught, like, missing assignments, later in rotations, just overall just looking lost in space. I think he mm-hmm. improved on that a little bit at the to close out the season. And so I want to see him pick it up. But, you know, his his three-point shooting definitely has to be more consistent. I, I like his shot. I like his mechanics. He's, he's just got to knock it down and get some confidence,
3: man. For sure. For sure. And, look, not every young player is on the same timeline um, when it comes to their development. You know, he was a young rookie when he came in. He Super was a young, young kid in the draft, right? You know, he, so he's, he's going to be going into his third year. Like, third year, a lot of times players make – Leaps, whether it's leap from a good player to a great player, or you know, uh, a a young guy who didn't have it figured out to a guy who figures it out. So maybe this is the year for him as he gets a little bit older and, and he starts understanding. He he's watching more film. He he knows what it's like to be a pro. Um, you know, maybe this is the year for him. You know, I guess only time will tell. But I, I still I still hold out hope yeah. for him. I think he's a I think he's a kid with a lot of potential that you know, gets a, a little bit underrated in, you know, the league as far as guys, you know, in his
2: situation. I, I agree, man. That I, I definitely agree. Um, so to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP from Fan T V checking in. I got my guy Corey Talbot, the Hardwood Herald. Check him out on YouTube. Check him out on Twitter. Draft Breakdowns. Um, who we got in here? Let's see if we got anybody on the phones. My guy Will from L.I. in the building. Will wants to talk about Vassel. Will how you feeling, man?
1: Hey, what's going on, C P how you doing today, Corey? Good.
2: good, bro. What's going on? What's good, man?
1: Good, good, good. Listen, man, um, I, let me just get right into my points, man. I just want to ask you guys a question first and then I'll be able to get into my point. Cause I don't really know that much about Devin Vassel. Um, what position would you say that he played? The two, the three, or is he kinda like a tweener?
2: Where would you slide him, Corey? The two or
3: the three. I I have him as a three. Yeah, I think I pretty I think okay. He's, okay. I think he's pretty obviously a three. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fair enough. This is what I feel like, man. Um, when it comes to this draft, or well, when it comes to our need, I feel like we need a we need a lot of things, right? I think we we definitely need one the point guard. And you know that two, three, and then a stretch four, right? I think RJ is a solid three in this draft. For me, it's point guard a bust, bro. I'm sorry, I don't. I hate to be those people. <laughs> and Devin Vassell seems like a great guy. That would be great <laughs> next year. Like once we have a, a stable point guard that's not going to be changing every single season. But for me, I need a point guard, man. Like for me, I feel like Devin Vassell sounds like a great player. But if we don't get that point guard with star potential this year, I feel like we would have to paint again next year to possibly get a star potential. Hey, and that that, that wouldn't be a,
2: a bad draft to do that, right? According no. to the experts, that would not be a bad draft. But, Will, let me ask you something. I'm talking about six to eight for this guy, right? We're not talking about top three or anything like that. Well, let's say six to eight. Yeah. Let's say eight comes up, right? Let's say eight comes up. Lamello's gone. Okay. Uh, depending, I don't know, you know, some people have Halliburton going as high as five, but let's say, let's say Lamello's the one off the board and, and you have a Halliburton, you have Cole Anthony, you have Killian Hayes, and then you have, a, you know, a Denny of a cell. Are you, where are you going? You going Killian? Oh yeah, I'm, I think I'm going Killian. For me, it's Killian Hayes. I mean, it's Lomelo,
1: of course, number one. And Killian Hayes, um, I'm I'm definitely like um a dude from Florida, no Halliburton, um, no Halliburton. Uh, but I feel like that point, it really could be a toss-up between a Cole, uh, Cole Anthony, or just trading back and getting Terrell Lewis. I don't think I would have an issue with that either. But at this point, I need a point guard that when I'm like ten years old, like ten years from now, I'm thirty-five, got my kids or whatever. You know, I can be like, yeah, you know, we got our pillows. we had a Mitch, we had an RJ, and then we had this point guard. For me, Kevin, Kevin himself feels like a great player, and and I would love to have the luxury, of drafting him in this draft. But that's not, we don't have that luxury, bro. We don't like either. You trade back and get a. It's, it's a point guard for me. Yeah. Like I need a point guard. That's just my opinion on it. I'm gonna let you guys call no, that, But for me, it's a point guard. So <laughs> appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Listen, man. Yeah, I, it is, what it is. I'm
2: all in, man. Listen, we we need we need a point guard in the worst way. I understand that wholeheartedly. I'm just trying to think of a, a player that is a prototypical Tibbs type of player right and and a safer pick than than some of these other guys that may be on the board Halliburton to me as a as a 3 and D guard I'm not so sure he's the type of point guard that Thibodeau likes in his system because he's not a guy that's going to attack the paint as some no. of these as some of these other guys and that, and that's what Thibodeau Thibodeau wants to get into the paint draw in the defense and create those open three-point shots. He wants a guy that can get into the paint and finish. You know, high efficiency shots as well. Halliburton, like I said, a a great catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Excellent point guard, but is he that dynamic point guard that Thibodeau's looking for? I'm not so sure.
3: Nah, he's not. He's not. I I love Halliburton's game. Like, he's a good player, and I think any coach is going to be like, this is a guy I love coaching, and he's going to play a ton of minutes. But he's a guy that, like, you know, it, let's say Golden State fell back out of that one spot and landed in, like, the five spot or whatever, like, or they traded back to the seven spot, whatever the case is. Like, Golden State's a team that could take a guy like Halliburton because, to me, Halliburton's not a lead ball handler. Right. He just, he's right. a secondary right. creator who can run some pick and roll because he's a very good passer. Right. Um, He'll get out, play in transition, and as a shooter, he's much better in catch and shoot situations. So if he could play off of Stephen Curry, and then if Steph is on the bench, you could put him at point, let him run with Clay. I think Halliburton's perfect for, for a team like Golden State, who's ready to actually play meaningful minutes. But for a Knicks team, I don't like it. I don't really like him for many of the rebuilding teams um, early for that reason. As far as a Tibbs guy, I actually love Kyra Lewis Jr. Yeah, he, He's, I don't think he's like a top of my draft board or, or anything like that, but he's like my favorite player to watch in the draft. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, you know, the kind of guards that Tibbs has had a lot of success with, you look at Nate Robinson, John Lucas III, DJ Augustine. Mm-hmm. Kyra Lewis kind of plays like they those dudes a little, little bit.
1: First time Blazing speed
3: that. is going to, you know, with the extra spacing the NBA gives him, um, he's going to be a nightmare. You know, he, he's, he's got that kind of Kobe White, De'Aaron Fox type speed putting him out in transition getting him running with Mitchell Robinson with RJ Barrett that's like to me that would be beautiful to that's watch what we need. and he's a guy that could shoot it yeah you know he knocks the he knocks shots down not only on catch and shoots but off the bounce um and i think that he's an underrated playmaker for the fact that you know he's a young kid he's a sophomore but he's younger than Cole Anthony is you know like so he's a young kid who's still learning the game, developing, coming into his body himself. Um, I think you put him in pick and rolls, he's just gonna he's gonna eventually be toying with defenders. I think that he's also a guy that is going to start becoming more and more a part of that conversation for, you know, that six, seven, eight, nine, ten range himself. Especially if the NBA figures out a way to do a combine and teams get a look at him you know, in person and see what kind of physical gifts that he has.
2: Yeah, could go up. And, you know, there's certainly the extended playing time certainly helped a guy like a Denny. I'm, I'm wondering if they mm-hmm. do, like you said, if they do implement a, a combine, how some of these guys' stocks kind of change. And, yeah. you know, Lewis, from some of the mock drafts I've seen, is is within the teens range. I'm, I'm just curious to see if Leon pulls that trigger, whether it's to trade up, you know, trade up mm-hmm. to go get a, a Lamelo or to trade down and get more value in a draft that many consider to be not that talented. Uh, I'm just curious to see what type of chess moves he, he would make in that, in, in that capacity. Yeah, and, and,
3: you know, it's new to him, right? Nobody yeah. kind
2: of knows yeah. how he's going to run a team. So,
3: you know, that's anybody's guess. And, and I'm assuming that he's, you know, playing everything close to the chess. So, uh it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what kind of direction they go when, you know, we
2: do actually get to the draft lottery and, yeah. and you know, positioning actually becomes solidified. Now, looking later on into the draft, they got uh, the twenty seventh pick later on in the first round. That could change depending on where the Clippers pick. But well, they also have the thirty eighth pick in the second round. Now, a guy that you would tell me that you like was a Cassius Winston out of Michigan State. Mm-hmm. What do you like about him? Oh man, I I love watching this kid play too. One, he
3: is just like. An incredible leader um he is a guy that to me he embodies like when you think of like an old school new york point guard uh kind of that like shifty runs a pick and roll knocks down shots you can see him playing on the playground but also he gets on a court and he's he's you know putting dudes on skates um and he just makes guys better man you know he he he's going to be a winner. He's going to be a guy that because he's he's an older uh, player in the draft that gets overlooked, you know, I've, I've talked to some people. They, you know, they have him on the fringe. He might be a first-rounder. He could be in a second-rounder. Um, but he's a guy that is going to be in the NBA for, you know, <laughs> 15 years um, just based off the fact that he just plays the game and knows the game the right way. And I love how much, you know, he kind of resembles uh, a a Chris Paul or Kyle Lowry in the pick and roll how he he gets guys to go into the screen before the screen comes he's he's so shifty so smart so intelligent he would make Mitchell Robinson so much better um or I don't know if so much better cuz he just broke Wilt's record but uh he would continue on that trajectory get him a crazy amount of lobs just manipulates everything his game is made for the NBA um played for you know one of the best college coaches of all time winning program winning
2: kid And I love him if he's available at at pick 27 for the Knicks. A winner, like you said, man, Tom Izzo, Michigan State, and and a senior. You know, a guy that can probably come in and contribute right away. You know, a lot of these Mm -hmm. kids, they just get younger and younger by the year, man. And then with, with less playing time, no March Madness, no conference tournaments, very limited organized team activities between now and the draft. And then you're talking about starting the season later, not as much training camp. A lot of these kids are going to be behind the eight ball, I think, you know, coming into it. So, you know, he he could be a safe pick, a safe value pick uh, down in that second round um, if the Knicks don't get their point guard um, at, you know, in the lottery.
3: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And like you said, I think that the fact that he is a senior benefits him um, when it comes to some of these younger kids who, you know, haven't played in a long time. Like teams are going to know what they got in Cassius Winston. You know, what you see is what you get. He's got a ton of tape on him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's going to benefit benefit him. And, and if the Knicks don't go point guard at the top, I think he's a good option. And he's not the only good option as far as point guard goes in this draft, um, you know, in the later in the later parts of the draft. You have uh, a Leandro Balmero, You have a Grant Riller. Trey Jones from Duke. You know, you got guys that, that are older um, or have a lot of experience in, in you know, uh, pro leagues. That can come in, and like you said, Thibodeau, especially at this part of the draft, you know the the first part of the draft, take the the flyer on a guy who has you know that superstar potential. I feeling,
2: yeah,
3: you know, at this part of the draft, if you're looking for a guy that's going to play for for a Tom Thibodeau, you might need that guy who who has a little bit more experience. You know, I don't know if Thibodeau is going to love playing uh, an R.J. Hampton. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you got guys like Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank and, you know, all these other guys at that position that needs developing, you want a guy who kind of has a baseline already
2: um, if you want to see him on the floor next year. True indeed, man. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Salute to everybody in the chat. We got uh, 734 watching on YouTube. Salute to everybody watching on Facebook. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys as usual. Um, we're going to get to the phones in a second, but I want to salute the Super Chats. Uh, salute to Michael Parker. Sends a five-hour Super Chat. Uh, Robert Paris says, I'm good with Vassal and Kira, seven through nine. Yet, uh, Okongu or Obi, if no, Mello or Hayes. Okay. All right, Uh, Garcho Davis says, if the Knicks don't get a point guard with the first pick, who should be available with the Clippers pick and their second round pick? So I think we kind of touched on that with with Winston. Um, 27 would be too low for Kira. He'd be long gone by then, but um, I think certainly at 38, Winston could, could definitely be there. Um, Alan Berman sends a super chat. He says, the real test for Tibbs is going to be how he handles LeVar and all three ball (laughs) brothers. This is happening.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What does LeVar say? He speaks it into
0: existence. He speaks it into existence, man.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man. I don't know if I can handle that, man. Uh, JJ (laughs) Hands TV says, uh, what about Denny at the point? I don't know if they would run Denny full time at the point.
3: Nah, you can't run Denny at the point full time. Like I said, he's not Luca. He's not yeah. Luca.
2: Yeah. Uh Park City Dion, what's good, Dion? He says if the Knicks fall to seven and nine and LaMelo and Killian are gone, would you trade that pick and Randall with nothing else for Levine? You're a Chicago fan, Corey. Yeah, I'm not taking that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You're not doing that. No. Not but, not doing that.
3: <laughs> I, I don't know. Just like the Knicks, the Bulls have new management, so I don't know how they feel about Levine uh, or, you know, a guy like Hayes or whoever's at that spot. Um, So who knows if they will, like, like you, uh, I don't know what my management is, what their style is. I mean, I guess, you know, at least for, for the Bulls, they have kind of, uh, you know, the Denver resume to go off of for Karnasovas. Um, But, you know, I I think they like what they have with Levine. I I understand the rumors. Yeah. um, and why he's a coveted player. And, and Tibbs does like having guys who have played for him. Um, he spoke very highly of Tibbs. And why wouldn't he? He's playing for currently the, the worst coach in the NBA. Um, so Tom Thibodeau to him it would be, I couldn't even imagine how happy that would make him to play for a competent NBA head coach again. And, and I really don't like talking down on, on uh, NBA coaches because for the most part, they've all forgotten more yesterday about basketball than any of us um, ever could know. But uh, there's a relationship side to the game and, and my guy in Chicago don't don't got it so I, I I understand if if the Bulls keep him which there are some
2: rumors that Levine would want a trade possibly it's interesting man and, and you know let's segue to this Levine talk because obviously you're a Chicago <laughs> fan you you've seen Levine every night yeah. um I mean, number one, as you said, you have new regime, right? And yep. you know, you guys have been going through this, you know, gar packs, scar packs, fight. You guys had the the billboards up and everything, and get rid of the old <laughs> regime. I can't see this new regime coming in and just giving this guy away for a pick and a Randall. First off, I don't think Randall even fits the bulls with marketing, and and you know, Wendell Carter already there. But right. to me, with Levine coming off of an all star caliber season two years left on his deal, no leverage. I, I think they're going to want a King's ransom for him. I don't know. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, I think so too. And also, he's on like a really good deal for the production that he gives. You know, he's at 19 and for the next two years, which as a guy who's making, you know, he, he's putting up 26 points a game on high efficiency. Guys do not, get paid under $20 million who are putting up those kind of numbers. So, yeah, Zach Levine, he has his flaws. He's not perfect, right? He He's not a playmaker in the way that James Harden is or even a guy like Devin Booker has developed into. But, you know, those are guys that make $30 million a year. That extra money in a time where we don't know what the salary cap is going to be like. You know, like the way that this whole situation this year has affected the NBA losing games losing uh all of the revenue from fans coming to the games you know the bubble and everything is nice I'm sure they're recouping stuff uh some money from it but they're 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 gonna have lost a lot of money so who knows what the salary cap actually looks like and with a guy who was on a deal that is pretty fair I can't see the you know new management in Chicago being eager to get rid of Levine Is he a guy that's untradeable? Of course
2: not. There's very few of those guys in this league, but I don't think they're eager to get rid of him. I, I can't see it, man. You know, that would not be the best way to to uh, ingratiate themselves with, with the fan base by yeah. giving away their best player for nothing. <laughs> but um, what, what do you think about the Knox and Levine as an as a empty calories, empty stats type of guy from somebody like you who seen him play this year? I, I'm a Levine truther. Um,
3: he's a guy who's gotten better every year. He works on his weaknesses, incredibly hard worker, dedicated. He's just miscast in a role that, you know, isn't playing to his strengths. He's not a guy that's a lead playmaker. And the Bulls don't have another guy to take that part of his game uh, and, and that monkey off of his back. So he's forced into that role where he's got to do a little bit too much. And he has developed a little bit as a playmaker, just not enough that you want the ball in his hands all that much. You want him to be a scorer. He's a bucket. You know, he, yeah. he can get to That's his job. He, he can get to the hole whenever he wants. He gets to the free throw line. He can stroke it from deep range, and he's at 37 38% off the bounce, um, you know, covered, hand in his face, doesn't matter. He can get to it in the mid-range and that's what he does defensively underrated one-on-one he competes one-on-one but you know he does lose focus as a team defender off ball and that's a knock on him right and like we said before you know you could be a a good one-on-one defender but if you don't have that everybody connected uh team uh defense mindset you know then those knocks are going to be fair on you so that's fair and, and i get that but i think that you know, he's looked at it as this empty calorie guy because the wins haven't come yet, but he hasn't been in ideal situations. Yeah. You know, he, he, he went into Minnesota with that team, got traded when Thibodeau came. You know, he just as easily could have been a guy who went to the playoffs with Jimmy, played off of him if, they, if Minnesota had put Wiggins in the deal instead. Um, and then he went to Chicago coming off an injury and now has had two years where he's gotten better each year. And... You know, the Bulls just have underperformed, but I don't think it's his fault. I I think it's, you know, a lot to do with how the player development on the, you know, from the staff just hasn't kind of gotten the best out of everybody. Like, Laurie Markkinen went backwards this year. He's a guy that averaged 19 and 10 in his second year in the league, and all of a sudden he comes back, he goes backwards. You know, Wendell Carter's a guy who showed off his rookie year that he could pass the ball, run dribble handoffs, even step stretch the floor out, and he's not allowed to playmake or shoot threes this year. I mean, Dad Young, a, a veteran who's been a winner in a ton of situations, is stuck in the corner when he's a guy that historically has been successful, uh, close to the basket. I mean, it was just like who how are you gonna succeed when you're trying to fit
2: all of these um, square pegs into a round hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and you know the the way you characterize Levine is kind of playing above his role is kind of how I saw the Knicks with Randall. You mm-hmm. know, kind of having to be that guy, um, and he's just not that type of playmaker that's going to make the team better. You know, with no. Levine, you know, nasty numbers, man. Twenty five points per game, he's a bucket, as you said. Um, I like these stats. Some of these that jumped out of me: thirty eight percent on threes on eight attempts. Um, so the the volume is definitely there 30% usage rate is high um but fifth in effective field goal percentage among the 13 players with a 30% usage rate or higher um you know that put them in the 80th percentile um but you know the 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 playmaking stats in the clutch man 33% field goal percentage four total assists in Not the great. clutch stat this this <laughs> season man and it's just you know Knicks make a trade for a guy like that Again, I'm always thinking about, you know, R.J. Barrett in mind. Because, listen, the, the Knicks spent the third, number three pick on this kid. You know, this, yep. is, this is not just a second-round pick that you got lucky on like a Mitch. Like, you have to be invested in R.J.'s success. And you bring a Levine in here. Um, and, and I think it's R.J. playing that dad young role, standing in the corner. And and mm-hmm. I just don't think that's the best way to, to you know, um, accentuate on his strengths. You know what I mean by by bringing in a, a high usage guy like Levine in and talented, excellent scorer, but I, I just don't I just don't see that fit here.
3: No, and and if you're a team that's gonna trade for Levine, like the other, you know, one of the other teams was uh, Brooklyn that's interested in uh, interested in him, according to Ian Begley. That makes a little bit more sense, right? Because he's a guy that'll play off Kyrie, play off Kevin Durant, and be a guy that all you need is for him to go get exactly. buckets and and playing off those two guys he'll be impossible to guard as a third option Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me playing with rj barrett who like you said needs those developmental reps needs to have the organization put that work into him just like he's putting work um in for the organization and their games just you know there's a little bit of overlap and defensively it's like it just doesn't make much sense you know if you had zach Levine at the two and you put Vassell next to him that would make a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it with Levine and RJ. You know, to me, like I said, if you're a Brooklyn, go get Zach Levine. If you are a Denver Nuggets, don't do it. Go do it. go get Zach Levine. Get him as like the final piece, right? Not as the building block to the piece.
2: Yeah, like you said, a Nets, a Lakers, a Denver, but you know, one of those rebuilding teams is just going to be similar to what you already have. You know, exactly it's gonna be similar to what you already have but I- interesting debate nevertheless and for a guy that speaks so ho- spoke so highly at tibbs it's interesting mm-hmm. to see if tibbs uh you know w- wants to return the favor and and uh you know bounce back from that jimmy butler trade which ended up costing him his job so uh <laughs> <laughs> salute to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys couple more calls before we wrap let's go to jersey uh eddie wants to talk vaseline denny eddie what's going on man
5: Hey, what's up? Thanks for taking my call. What's going on, bro? Um, with, uh, the only issue I have with Denny, he kind of feels more like a one-handed bandit. You know, he's always going right. He's hard right every time. Uh, he did improve his shot a little bit. But uh, I just, I'm just i just not really sure about him in the NBA if he can actually, if he actually translates, you know. And then also sometimes, a lot of times with the, uh, the NBA, like a lot of the young kids, uh, with the NBA, it's like the game is like so fast for them. Like when they're trying to play defense, they just like look really lost. So, uh, one thing that was really interesting, I was watching a game, uh, one of the NBA games a few days ago, and Kyle Quinn, I can't remember who he plays for. Philly, uh, but plays it's plays for playoff Philly. Team he's playing for now. Kyle, plays Kyle for for Philly, Quinn plays for Philly. plays for the Seventy Six. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he's a great player. He, I mean, I liked it when he was here, but watching him on a playoff team, I kind of realized, like, he actually should be getting on the garbage a minute because when he was out there on the floor, he looked extremely lost. It looked like he couldn't even keep up amongst like, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, bench players. So it's, um, so I think uh, the Knicks really should be careful and just, you know, um, be careful who they draft, right. And make sure they're getting players that are sure that are going to be kind of like a sure thing that can keep up with the, uh, uh, with the game that know how to play the game uh, that are smart enough. And so, that's why I'm not sure about Denny, you know, uh, because he just, you know, every time I, like all his highlights I see, he just like, if he's not taking a shot, he's going hard right, like every time. Even the layups are with his right hand. Um, so that's the only issue with him. Uh, with the guy Vassil, Vassal, he seems pretty interesting, uh, the guy you guys were talking about. So he seems really interesting, you know, he can shoot. Um, his handle seems okay. I mean, I've seen him actually go with both hands into the lane. So, um, so yeah. Uh, but, you know, one thing I am confident, like at least with this team they have now with like Thibodeau combination, of Thibodeau Perry and uh, the guy from Utah, I definitely think they'll be able to get the draft right. So, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really too worried to share about it. And then the other thing I just want to say, one last thing I want to say, I think we really overhyped uh, the point guard situa- uh, situation. Look, you need a good point guard. Don't get me wrong. You need a serviceable point guard. but well, you don't need a star point guard. You don't need a, a Chris Paul. Or, uh, you know, I mean, if we had a Chris Paul, I'd be great. You know, I'll be elated, right? But you don't need a Chris Paul to, like, you know, to make the playoffs in this league or even to be competitive and, and, you know, give people something to watch, right? So I just think sometimes, you know, so I'm not a mellow or bust kind of dude. If we don't get mellow, it's not the end of the world. Uh, we just kind of have to stand back what we're doing and just keep moving forward. Uh, that's all I got to say. Pre-
2: appreciate the call, Eddie. All right, so Eddie Eddie's looking for a more safer pick. More safer pick in the draft. Um, you know, like I, I agree with you, they gotta hit on this one. Uh, especially Perry, man. You know, Perry with the Knox pick and, and how MPJ's looking, how Shea gilchrist Alexander's looking. You know, not a not a good look for his record. So hopefully with Will Perrin coming in, um, some of these new advanced scouts that they have here, we gotta get we gotta get this this draft right. And they definitely got to get this draft right. Um, on the Chris Paul thing, listen. I w- obviously it's it's not Chris Paul or bust necessarily with me. I just look at him as a player. Look at look at his impact on OKC. I mean that that's all you have to look at right there. I look at him as a guy that can help us get on the right track to learning how to win and be a true leader on this team. Now contract is heavy. He's 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 getting up there in age. You know his durability was um, you know probably an aberration this year. Probably got lucky in that regard. We'll see how it goes past that. But, again, I, I just see him as somebody that could help really set the table for this team. And, and that, that's the type of guy that – the type of veteran um, that, that the Knicks need. Uh, I wasn't feeling Peyton's contributions. I think Peyton is a solid backup, <laughs> and that's all he's ever been. And that's fine. You know, that's that's fine. Peyton knows his role, and, and he can play it well. But just not as as a, as a starting point guard for this team. Yeah, you said it, man. You said it. what do you think about Fred Van Vliet for the New Yo, Fred Van Vliet, man, thirty six points tonight for Fred Fleet in the restart. Seven for twelve from downtown, twelve for twelve free throws. On my last show, I had him as uh, in my top five free agents to pursue. Um top five realistic free agents. You know, I, yeah. I didn't put in Ingram, I didn't put in AD, anybody like that. Realistic. Um, obviously pending what they do in the draft. Right, But if they don't get that guard in the draft and they're averse to trading for a CP3, if it's a reasonable deal, a reasonable deal, you know, I'm not creeping up on 20 for Van Tweed. If it's around the 15 for mm-hmm. a couple years, you know, a guy that can defend well, shoot the three, dribble penetration, has to finish a little bit better, but has shown the propensity to play big in big spots... It's a gamble, but I th- again, at the right price, I think I would entertain it. I think the Knicks fan is leery of it because we've been down this road. I think some people see him as a guy that won't perform here on this big stage. You know, might Crumble. You know, some people see that Toronto uh, uh, situation that's like tailor-made for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't really see him leaving Toronto, But but what do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I doubt that he leaves Toronto as well. But I guess, you know, if somebody's dropping a bag, you got to take it, right? <laughs> like, yeah. There's only so many times you can get paid. I think that, I don't think he would crumble in New York. I mean, you saw how he performed on the biggest stage in the NBA Finals. Um, so I, I think he has the mentality. And especially because, you know, he's one of those guys that was overlooked his whole life and he's got that underdog that grit that that hard work that mentality that I think New Yorkers you know appreciate so much so yeah. for me at the right price like you said and and the right price might be available this year based on like we said the uncertainty with what the yeah. caps going to look like going yeah. forward um so maybe he he's an option that is in that fifteen, sixteen, maybe seventeen million dollar range. I mean I don't know how many people are bidding on him. Um but I figure Detroit's
2: I, gonna be looking for a point, probably Detroit. in the draft. Um yep. I don't know how what you guys think about your, your current situation. It's not great, but I think
3: I think that the plan is probably to save cap space for twenty twenty one. Um so I don't know if they would splurge on a guy like Van Vliet in Chicago this off
2: season. I think Van Fleet would be the, a, a great off-ball guard to play alongside RJ. I think that's the type of guy that you want. I think he's that Thibodeau type of point guard. Yep. Um, Gritty, man, definitely has that dog in him. Like I said, he's he's in my top five. Just got to see how the draft and, and uh, you know, if, if how the trade market looks if they still want to take that, uh, that CP3 deal. But I just can't see the Raptors, um, you know, with Lowry getting up there in age. Still balling, but getting up there yeah. in age, I, I can't see – uh, them letting Van Fleet go, but you never know with Ujiri, man. And with the Raptors' development, they might have a diamond in the rough down in the G League yeah. or something, that's ready to come up and be an All Star. So who knows? For real, For who, real. who knows? And and in that note, man, on the restart, it, what have you liked so far in this opening weekend? Man,
3: I kind of like everything about it, man. I like waking up and knowing there's going to be games on early afternoon. Early. Yeah, me too. Just knowing that you could watch games all day, all night. Um, I like seeing that all of the players are kind of hitting their marks right away. Like there's not a lot of rust to shake off. Um, you know, I, I loved the uh, the Portland Celtics yeah, game. Dope. That was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I'm so happy that Nurkic looks like he's recovered from that injury. Nurkic has uh, been looking good, man. Yeah. And Dame's like, he's probably my favorite player in the league to watch uh I just I love everything about him his mentality um I love the fact that he could spit I like Dame's my guy yeah um and then you know the young Celtics like Jalen Brown having a huge fourth in in seeing his development and uh you know a little piece of me as a guy who you know came up college basketball watching the Big East Yeah, I'm always rooting for Kemba always rooting for Um, Kemba same here bro same so So uh yeah I I love I love everything I've seen so far and and the Nuggets are you know they're uh, they're my sleeper um for this weird situation that all the teams are in I mean I Jokic is so much fun to watch mm-hmm. he's the I, I compared him earlier in the year to like playing with Steve Nash which seems weird cuz he's a center and Nash the point guard but you know they're both odd looking dudes who make players better um, I love watching weird guys like that. So th- there's a lot to like, and I love how it looks. It looks like a, a 2k stream.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, lo- it looks good. Um, the camera angle, they brought back that camera angle from the 2000 all-star game with the camera kind of, um, mm-hmm. running along the, uh, the end line. I love that. Um, like you said, look like a lot of these players haven't skipped a beat. You know, the chemistry looks there. Um, The Boston Portland game was great. I mean, anytime you see uh, CJ and Dame cooking at the same time, (laughs) uh, and that was just great. You know, they were down double digits, came back. But as you said, man, Jalen Brown has really been stepping his game up. Him and Tatum. I had Boston as as my sleeper, but I'm not so sure with Kemba's knee. I'm not so sure. I think Mm -hmm. because I felt like this was his stage. You know, Kemba has never really been in this position where he's actually on a good team. This is really his first time. And so I had liked them, but with his knee injury, I'm not so sure. Um, my sleep—I don't know if it's a sleeper, but I don't think Milwaukee's path to the chip is so easy because Toronto, man, Toronto, Toronto with I'm with you the experience, the depth. Um, just just watching Siakam, Anobi, you know Norman Powell, all these guys just get after it on the defensive end. They have the killer, you know Lowry with the killer instinct, Van Fleet, Gasol is the savvy vet, um Ibaka, <laughs> Ibaka right? Surge out there, like they. the to me, what's going to hurt the Bucks is number one their depth. I don't yep. think they have the same depth on the bench, and also you take them out of their home court, even playing field, no crowd. And I think the Freak is going to have a lot to prove to really show that he can carry his team um, in, in this tournament. I, I like the Raptors in the East, man. I'm
3: with you, man. I, I feel the same way. You know, my, my buddy compared Giannis right now to kind of like Lamar Jackson. Like, like show me that it's not just the regular season, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Until you show me, I don't know if I can believe it. And, and it's not so much with Giannis that I don't believe that he's going to bring it. It's just that, like you said, their bench, man. Like, who's gonna be that guy? That, but outside of Chris Middleton, right? Outside of Giannis, that's gonna be able to be like, yo, it's the playoffs. I'm putting up 25 tonight. Yeah. You know, who's gonna be? The Raptors have that with Van Vliet, Some of these other guys that mm-hmm. they got who coming off their bench. I don't see that. Like, look, Dante Divincenzo. You know, he had a huge uh, run with Nova and yeah. showed he could show up. And I love him. He's a great player. Uh, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know if I'd want to rely on him this early in his career to be that guy that that takes them over the uh, over the top. Um, they uh, they just I feel like they're one piece away. Maybe Eric Bledsoe—it's finally his year. Yeah, could could maybe, be. Maybe it's finally his year. But I'm with you. The Raptors look great, man. The Raptors I mean, look and, excellent. And man. and if they make the finals too, like let's say the Lakers come out, their big guys can kind of give Anthony Davis fits. True, you know true. they'll make him work. I'm not look. Anthony Davis a great player. He's gonna <laughs> get his. But you know with Gasol, Labaka, even Siakam switching on to him. They're gonna they're gonna make him work. And then it's you know an older version of LeBron trying to get the most out of a similar situation to Milwaukee, where who's the Lakers guy? You got to hope Deion Waiters. You know J R Smith. Wait, get hot. Waiters
2: and J R got to get hot, you know? man. You know <laughs> I, I think they they they're gonna miss that. The defense that Av Bradley brought, and and even mm. Rondo at points. Um, yeah. you still you still can't put nothing past LeBron, you know. In no. the West, no, 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 no. the Clippers, I just never know what type who that Clipper team is. You know, they've never no. really established themselves this year. Uh, we'll see what happens when when they get a full stack, you know, with Lou and Harold and all of them. But I just don't know who this Clipper team is right now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, watching Porzingis. Hardaway and Trey Burt dropped 90 (laughs) on on the Rockets was tough to watch, but that was a good game though. You know, not a defensive game, but that was a good game. And, and, uh, and Brody and the beard look like they got something to say too. So it's going to be very interesting, man. Yeah, man. I'm,
3: I'm stoked. that you
2: know, basketball is back. I couldn't be happier.
3: Um, You know, I love grinding college games, international games out. You know, that's, it's a lot of fun to me. I love cutting up clips of all these prospects, but you know, at my core, I love the NBA game and, and I'm happy that, you know, after months of it being gone, it's back. It's back in the summer. Um,
2: it's just it feels right. Yeah. It's an interesting time indeed, man. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, let's go to two quick calls before we close it. My guy Jay from Florida in the building, He's a.k.a. the anti-Halliburton. Jay, what up, man?
6: Bro, you know I had to call in because y'all was talking about Halliburton, bro. Oh my god, bro. Ain't no way Tibbs is drafted Halliburton to run his offense, bro. No way in the world it's not happening. The last man I'd pick to run point guard for the New York Knicks is Halliburton. You know what I'm saying? Run it up. I want y'all to hit that thumbs up for your boys. Run it up, run it up, Corey. I like your videos, man. Your videos are high. I like your videos. Appreciate Listen, bro. You, man. Cole Anthony. If we if we six to eight, we gotta pick Cole Anthony. He's from New York. He can handle the pressure. Look at Dennis Smith. You can see Dennis Smith body language. We can't be picking these these kids from the south that come to New York and ball. <laughs> Dennis Smith be pounding and his shoulders be down. Knox be pounding, his shoulders be down. With with a cat like Cole Anthony or or Coro, they play hard, man. We don't gotta worry about they, they motor. You know motor. I'm saying. Back to what you were saying last show, CP, about free agents. I'm not paying I'm not paying Van Fleet, right? Mm. I'm playing Jeremy Grant because if you put Mitch and Jeremy Grant on the front line, that's that's, nice. that's, that's madness, nice. right? Yep, that's defense for years, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's how I'm putting with Mitch for the next 10 years. Um, Yeah, man, we we got to get this right. I'm trading the picks for Melo, too. I'm trading the picks because the Mavs ain't going to be trash for the next five years, bro is gonna be hot. Yeah, so I'm trading twenty one on. and twenty three, I twenty one picking am getting in on Mellow right now. Because <laughs> Tiz ain't losing no fifty games, bro. Uh-huh. Tiz is going in to try to win. So trade all the picks, get Mellow, get Jeremy Grant, um, Patrick Williams in, in the, at the end of the first round. We gotta start looking at them cats for FSU. Look at look at Isaac. Look at everybody come out of FSU. They ball hard, they play defense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's get Patrick Williams at the end of the end of the first round and let's let's run it out, man. I'm
2: all done. Right. I'm out, man. Y'all stay good. Appreciate the call. Man. <laughs> hey, Jay's my guy. He's always a good call. He's an anti-Halliburton, man. And I'm he, with him. He, That's he's the... putting all his chips in the middle of the table for uh, for Cole lamello man.
3: That's a good plan. He he, he had a good plan. I, I I like Cole, man. You know Cole's getting slept on a little bit. He's getting he's getting slept on a little bit because he's in a tough situation at Carolina. The, I mean that team had absolutely no spacing. He was the only dude that could get his shot. Um, you know, he was coming off an injury, so, you know, his balance wasn't there. He was still – he had to hit real tough shots, like everything he had to work for, man. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, you know, with Tibbs, he's another one of those guys that is the kind of scoring point guard that he's had success with. The DJ Augustins, mm-hmm. uh, the John Lucas, the Nate Robinsons. um, He's he fits that mold a little bit, and and like you said, he's from New York. He could hit the he could handle the pressure. Um, you can't hate Cole Anthony. You can't hate on Cole Anthony
2: at, at around that around that pick. I can't I can't get a good read on Cole Anthony, man. I can't you know people are like oh he's he's DSJ is this is that I can't get a good read on him because of the situation in Carolina, not yeah. having a good team with him, the injuries on and off. I mean he had the meniscus tear and all of that. I can't get a good read on Cole Anthony to, to re- legitimately say that he will not be a good prospect for this team. Can't do it. Yeah, well,
3: well, that's why, you know, that's why he slipped a little bit, right? That's why, you know, you got guys, you, if you read some mocks um, and look, I don't know how much NBA executives put into the mocks, but you look at some of the mocks, you got him sliding all the way to the back of the lottery. And, yeah, and sometimes even, sometimes even like out of the lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a kid who, was being talked about as the number one pick at the beginning of the year and uh and while that happens you know he balled out in aau and typically that's a good indicator of uh success because you are playing those high level guys um but yeah like you said it's it's hard to get a read on him just from the fact that he was in such a weird situation um but he's a guy who pushes the pace he rebounds he plays hard you know that in the NBA nowadays, you know, rebounding is a little bit easier. And when you go after rebounds, especially as a guard, there's value in that, you know, because you could start the break, get out, get easy buckets. So that, that is something that at the NBA level, you know, kind of projects well for him.
2: And I don't see the D S J comparisons, though. A lot of people compare him to D S J. Somebody in the chat said D S J with dreads. I don't see it, man. I, I see him being a, a smarter player and a way better shooter than D S J will be. But, you know, time will tell. Time will tell, man. Yeah. Um, salute to everybody in the chat once again. The closer of the night, as usual, it's going to go to Delano. Delano, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? How's it going, man? Good, man. What's going on? What's
4: up, man? Ain't hey, nothing much, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Um, uh, I know everybody's been um, speculating, of course. You know, everybody's got their picks. You know, Cole Anthony is somebody that they look at as far as the scoring guard and um, somebody that can drive the lane, you know what I'm saying, so you can um, possibly feed off other guys. Um, of course, everybody wants Lamelo and Killian Hayes, um, Kira Lewis. Um, only thing, My thing is I just want a starting caliber point guard, and I want to draft one. I don't want to go looking for a Fred VanVleet. I don't want to go looking for a trade for Chris Paul. I want to get one that's young, young enough to develop alongside of my young core. I don't want to go looking for somebody who already has, a, a, you know, a plethora of years. I want to be able to develop everybody together because if the plan is to stick together, then I would like to at least have that core already built in. So that way, whoever we get in, you know, the waning moments or whatever the case may be, you know, maybe by, you know, instead of always having to draft by position and need, maybe, you know what I'm saying? We just go for somebody who's just the best, uh, best fit you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh i just want to get to that point so i would like us to, to you know whoever we draft i just wanted to draft a starting caliber point guard so we don't have to go looking to pay top dollar for one
2: yeah i mean listen man that we've been looking for this since uh man who, who's who's we haven't drafted a great point guard since who mark jackson <laughs> you know charlie war was decent man but he wasn't he wasn't mark jackson we didn't draft steph that was probably no. the last great point guard that we had. Uh, so it's been a while. It's been a while, Corey, man. And, and we'll see. Come August 20th, the NBA draft lottery is upon us. We'll see what the fate has in store for the Knicks, man. I, I don't know. I can't call it. I, I I hope we get top three. You know, the, the odds are probably won't happen. <laughs> so we'll see, man. We'll see. Got a plan for everything. Yeah, these guys gotta have a plan for everything, man. But appreciate the call, Delano. Corey, definitely uh appreciate the time, man. Let's um let me let me get my outro music on, uh, so we can salute you and and uh yeah, let's just let everybody know where to find you, bro. Hey man,
3: I appreciate you having me on. This is a blast. Um you can find me on Twitter at Hardwood Herald. Uh YouTube search Hardwood Herald uh, You see all my draft videos That I've been doing um, Started a morning show 9 o'clock AM uh, If you follow my Twitter You get a link to it uh, We talk about the NBA Current events Big picture stuff um, Podcast uh, Do a movie podcast Basketball movie podcast Called Nothing But Netflix um, We're dropping Celtic Pride tomorrow But uh, you know On the New York tip We did Eddie um, With Jonathan Macri at Nick's Film School And that was a lot of fun Uh, you know, we saw some, uh, old in there, Anthony Mason, Mark Jackson, um, some John Starks action, real good, real good time, real good talk, so nothing but Netflix, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, uh, if you want to check out some of my writing, hardwoodherald.com.
2: HardwareHerald.com man Great job as usual And great job by all the fans for tuning in We almost hit 800 tonight Almost hit 800 Corey they were coming out to see you man let's go Almost hit 800 <laughs> salute to everybody in the chat hit that thumbs up button for you boys you know the protocol definitely want to shout out everybody that sent a super chat in tonight i uh, want to shout out kamara murray as well we hebrew remnant appreciate it as usual and for those of you that didn't leave a super chat it's all good just support us in other ways hit that thumbs up button Share these videos. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, email, uh, text, whatever it is. Uh, leave a comment. Leave a comment. What do you think about uh, the prospects of a Devin Vassal? What, what did you think about uh, the pros and cons of a Zach Levine trade and everything else that we talked about tonight? Leave a comment into the chat. And uh, as usual, man, appreciate everybody for tuning in once again. As the world turns, Knicks edition. Salute to all the mods. Thanks for helping out as usual. Knicks fan TV, Dave. Great job. Pranah, appreciate it. Joe Collins, appreciate it. Uh, Sim 25 definitely appreciate it. Seven One Eight, Kenny Scott, uh, Alex Rotaro, Sherwin M, all the regulars that are in here, man. Great job as usual. Check you guys next time. Peace.